Romans 5, and we're going to continue on studying what Paul has talked about. And now we're really going to get into some points about justification. He's, he's used the first four chapters in Romans to lay out and establish the fact, basically, two, a couple of things. One, everybody's under sin. Okay, you being a Jew doesn't get you out of it. You're still under sin. And, and because of that, you're under the punishment of sin. But then he also established the fact that, that the only thing that makes a person righteous is, is um, faith. It's not you doing the works of the law. It's not doing anything, but it is faith. And Paul, Paul really explicitly showed us that Old Testament saints and New Testament saints were saved in the same manner. It's believing God as to what he said about Messiah, about salvation, about redemption, uh, uh, all of that. Now, obviously, Abraham did not know as much as Angelo knows about Christ. He didn't. He didn't understand. As a matter of fact, um, mo many Jewish people, they could not accept a suffering Messiah, even though clearly in the book of Isaiah, in chapter 53, it shows how Jesus, the Messiah, was going to suffer. And, and, you know, the name Jesus wasn't known to them, was it? No. He would be known, he, the Messiah. But when Christ, the anointed one, came, you know, they named him Jesus of Nazareth. And so basically what Paul said is all the Old Testament people who were made righteous by faith, it's because they believed God looking forward to the coming of the Messiah. We do the, basically the same thing. We believe God, but we look back at the coming of the Messiah. And, and I was thinking about this last week and again this week. Really, there's only a, a, a small few people that actually got to see him with their eyes, right? They all had to believe God and look to the hope that he said that we would have in the Messiah. That, that most people who believe in Christ do it because they've not seen with their eyes like Peter and James and John. We simply do it all the same though, it's done by faith. Now, Paul ended chapter 4 with, with basically saying, listen, it's Jesus. He's now pulled it in and said, this one that saves is Christ. Verse 22, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Now, it was not written for his sake alone that it was accounted or imputed to him, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him, God, that raised up our Lord from the dead, Christ, who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. What a wonderful word. And now in Romans chapter 5, in, in the first 11 verses especially, but and we'll only look at the first couple of verses, but he basically talks about justification. Now, justification is, 
is what happens to us when we have faith in God through Jesus Christ and, and believe on Him. Now, it, it, it means that we are treated justified. In other words, just if I'd never sinned. A clean slate. He, he, that's what happens to us. Now, I want to give you three realities, three aspects of what happens to us because of justification. Let's read our text and then get into these three realities. Verse 1, therefore being justified by faith, and again that's what he closed with in chapter 4, raised again for our justification, Christ. Therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations, also knowing that tribulation works patience. And patience, experience, and experience, hope. And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man will, man will one die, yet... Peradventure for a good man, some would even dare to die. But God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more then, being now justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. For if when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. And not only so, but we also join God through our Lord Jesus Christ by whom we have now received the atonement. I want to focus especially this afternoon on verses 1 and 2. Let's read them again. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we also have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray as we look at these verses. Lord, open them up to us. God, make them real to us. Make them, make them something that we can grab a hold of and, and, and take with us and apply. And, and Lord, understand it, 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 in depth what it means to us that we are justified. And, and Lord, I ask for your help to, to speak. And I ask for your help for our, our church to hear what you would have to say to them. In Christ's name, amen. Think, think about them. Paul, Paul basically said, we're all sinners and we're in trouble. But we can be made righteous just like Abraham was. And Abraham, he said, you think Abraham was made righteous because of what he did? But you know what? It couldn't be because he never had the law. It wasn't, the law wasn't until hundreds of years after Abraham. So the law didn't, uh, save him, make him righteous. His works didn't make him righteous. What made him right before God in standing was that it was faith. And it wasn't just faith in something, but it was faith in God and what he said about, about the promises that he had made, about the, the coming Messiah, about the land where, where, uh, where when God would bring Abraham's people into the promised land, and he would have a seed, the Messiah, that would come. And, and all of that, when Abraham believed God, it was 
credited to his account before the Lord that he was righteous. And so Paul establishes the fact that you and I are made righteous by the very same way that he was, by faith in God, in believing what he, he said is true. And what is it? That Christ came into this world to save sinners such as I. And he paid the price for our sin. Now, the first two verses specifically talk about um, the difference that justification makes in our life. And think about it. And what a difference it makes. It makes every difference in the world. Not only to where we're heading, you know, going to heaven. Because that's what, let's face it, that's what we focus on, isn't it? You know, pray this prayer and go to heaven. You know, accept Christ as your Savior and 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 you won't go to hell. Those are realities, aren't they? That we'll be with the Lord and that we won't be in everlasting punishment. We won't be with Satan and the demons as, as, as at the end that all are cast into the lake of fire. But it's much more than that. See, justification makes a difference in every aspect of our life, past, present, and future. So it's not just talking about and dealing with where we are going, but to how we act, how we feel in, in our present life, both in good times and, in, in, and when things are not so good, when it's difficult. We won't cover that today, but our text, when we read verses 1 through 11, it, it, it talks about how, um, and verse 3, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations. I don't know about you, but I have a hard time glorying in tribulations. Does anybody like to glory in, I, I don't like to glory in tribulations. But he says, knowing that, Those tribulations brings maturity, patience. And that maturing brings experience. And the experience, what does it do? It helps us to understand the hope that we have in Christ. It brings hope. And so justification has changed everything. And it affects everything. And so it is to these things that Paul talks about. So in essence, in these first two verses especially, and, and really chapter 5, talks about the benefits of being justified by faith through Christ, through Christ and God. And so basically, I just want to talk to you about these three benefits that we see in verses 1 through 2. So, in presenting this truth, and in essence, Paul went, ar- went around presenting a case. God gave him the truth in the desert and revealed it to him. Jesus Christ did. So he spent the rest of his life to the Jews and then to the Gentiles primarily presenting this case that the whole world is guilty before God and that nobody can be saved by any religious deeds such as keeping the law or anything. And then Paul explains that God's way of salvation has always been by grace through faith. It was never a works-based theology of salvation, but it was always a faith-based through grace way of salvation. And he illustrated it by Abraham. As a matter of fact, he illustrated it by Abraham and David. But Abraham was the main illustration. And so really, think about this. If a reader of Paul's letters would stop at this point 
he, he'd understand something. He'd understand, one, that he needed to be saved. Romans 1, especially verse 18. And then, two, he would understand that he could be saved. Romans 4, you know, where it teaches us that, that just like Abraham was saved through faith made righteous, so can we. So now Paul gets into chapter 5. Now, we, we know this quite well. When we see the word therefore, what does that tell us? You ask the question, why is it therefore? But, it, but what it tells us is, the things that precede the word therefore are now going to be established a little bit further. So he says, I've told you that you're all in sin, chapter 1. I told you that salvation is by faith. Righteousness is by faith in God. That's chapter 4. Therefore, all of that stuff that I just told you, let me expound on that. And so, what do you do when you see the word therefore in Scripture? You see why it's there. And the reason that this word therefore is there is because Paul wants to explain justification by faith. So he says in verse 1, basically, in light of all that we've seen, let me give you three realities that justification brings. You know, I, I, think, I think that, that what Paul tells us here is something I don't know that I ever, had ever been taught really in church or even in Bible school, but that I've learned, come to learn and understand through my own studies. Do you know justification being justified by faith has changed us completely in our relationship with God the Father. The very first thing that Paul says in verse 1 is, therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. That's an amazing statement. Peace with God. But, but don't get that confused with the peace of God. Do you know that there's a difference? Can someone explain to me what the peace of God is? Anybody? Because Paul says, by, ju by justification, we now have peace with God. But peace with God is different than the peace of God. Anybody have an idea what the difference might be? Which one? The peace with God? Yeah, he's nailed it. But actually, it's more than a truce. Because a truce is a temporary um, lull in the battle. The peace of God is not a temporary lull in the battle. The pe the, 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 or the peace with God. The peace with God is an, absolutely, an absolute end to the battle. See, the peace of God is something that comes inside because of our relationship and walk with Christ. Take your Bibles and go to Philippians 4.7. Philippians 4.7. Listen to what it says. Because there is a difference between the peace of God and the peace with God that we have because of being justified. And Philippians says, And the peace of God surpasses all understanding. It says which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. 
The peace of God is basically defined as a, a state of tranquility or quietness of spirit that transcends, goes beyond our circumstances. So the Bible tells us that this peace is a gift as well from God. And this peace can vary in our Christian life as our walk with God might vary. So the closer we draw to Him, the more of His peace that we can join in presence. So the best way to illustrate the peace of God is the little bird. I had a picture, and I think I showed it in Bible study one time. There was a little bird that was in a nest uh, on, on a cliff, massive cliff. And the storm was raging, and all that nest was on that cliff was uh, this little rinky-dink tree. And the tree looked like just one more gust of wind, and it would blow the tree over, knock it off the cliff, and that bird would be tumbling down to its death. It's just a little baby bird in that storm. But over top that baby bird in that tree, on that cliff, in that storm, was the mama bird. And that mama bird had taken her large wings and just went over top of that baby bird and shrouded that baby bird from all the storm that was ranging around him. And the picture has that baby bird, if a baby bird can have a contented look on his face, I don't know. But it did. It was at peace. You see, that's the peace of God. Even in the storms, even in the raging things of life, even in the discontents that, that happen in life with, with things not working out the way we want it to be and, you know, people maybe getting upset with stuff or jobs, whatever it is. See, the peace of God is that tranquility or quietness of spirit that comes from knowing Christ as Savior and walking with Him and it, it just circumstances doesn't affect it. The Bible tells us to draw near to God and He will draw further away from you. Right? No. What does it say? Everybody looking at me, Pastor, you got a bad translation. What, what does that mean? Draw near to God and He will what? That is truth, isn't it? That means that, that the peace of God is a calm and satisfied heart in the midst of troubles and pressures. Now, we get that as we walk with the Lord. But Paul specifically says justification brings peace with God. And, and Stephen, uh, not, not the Robert, but the other one, he almost nailed it perfectly. It, what did you call it again? A truce. But it's more than just the temporary lull in battle. It's the end of battle. Peace with God is all and done when we are justified by faith. Hey, the best way to understand how we now have peace with God is to understand what we had before we were justified. Do you know what the Bible says that we were before we were justified by faith in God through Jesus Christ? It says in Romans 10, in our text, it says that we were enemies with God. L look at the Bible. Emily, pop up Romans 5.10. And, and look what it says. When we were enemies, he's not saying that they were enemies now. He's saying that they, when they were enemies. For if when we were enemies, we 
We were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Now we'll get into looking that, at that probably next week. But the point of it is this. Before justification, you were the enemy of God. Does anybody uh, disagree with that statement? We were at enmity, the AV says, with God. You know, uh, the Gospel of Matthew says, you know, these people honor me with their lips, but their hearts were far from me. That's what we were with God. We were enemies with God. We fought against God. Listen, listen, I, I deliberately, many times before I gave my heart to the Lord, I, I was at war with God. Because God is saying, I love you. And I will justify you. I will save you. I will make you clean. I'll, I'll do all these things for you. And I'm saying, I don't want that. I had arguments with God that I said, I, I, get away from me. Because I felt the tugging of my heart through conviction. And, and I didn't want any of that stuff. I was at literal war with God. And that's, and that's what we were. Listen, look, how about Ephesians 2.12? I'll paraphrase Ephesians 2.12, but if she put it up there, it says like this. In those days you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from the citizenship among the people of Israel. And you did not know the covenant promises of God, that God had made to them. Listen to this. You lived in this world without God and without hope. Why? Because he was our enemy before we were justified, that's what Paul is saying. Now justification brings to you peace with God. Look at James 4.4. 4. Again, our, before we were justified, he says, adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that the friendship of the world, and we were friends with the world, weren't we? Before Christ, we were going along with the world. There were a lot of things that before Jesus took over my life, there are a lot of things that I agreed to or said I believed in that I, that I would never even think about agreeing to nowadays. Sins that I accepted. Why? Because I was friends with that world. You know? And I went along with the things of the world. And if I am a friend with the world, do you know what our James verse says? It says, do you not know that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? It is against God. It's its opposite. It's, it's at actual hatred with God. And whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself what? Do you see what it says? Someone read the last half. Whosoever therefore will be a friend of the world is the what of God? The enemy of God. But Paul now says something happens when we are justified. See, that justification, faith in God, brings peace with God. Hey, all that hostility towards God and with God now has become peace. With God. There's not just a truce, there's a surrender. And you know, when surrender comes, that is the end of conflict. You, you know, uh, November 18th 
um, I'm sorry, November 11th, was it 1916? When did World War I finish? 1918? Something like that? When they signed the treaties and everything, the hostilities ended. But unfortunately, with man, there's just another hostility right around the corner, but not with God. When God comes into a covenant relationship with you through faith in Him in Christ, you have now peace with God that can never be broken. That hostility, enmity, that hatred is over between God and you. Peace with God means that the state of hostilities between God and us are now over forever, eternally. Peace with God is peace with regard to God. You ever been in a situation when, there, like a workplace or a home environment, when there was no peace, but there was no fighting? Do you understand what I'm saying? No peace, there, there, there was no peace, there was still hostility in heart, but there was no actual outward war going on. I grew up in that kind of thing. And, what, and, the, and a lot of times the world, they don't understand it, but they don't have peace with God. There's a hostility towards God. They might not see the battle raging at times. They might not see the fight that is going on, but that enmity is still there. With you and I, we have peace and no more war because of the blood of Jesus Christ, us being justified by faith in God. It is, this peace is objective. In other words, it is not influenced by our feelings or our opinions in considering anything. It is absolutely established by the fact that we have believed in God through faith. We've believed that what he said about Christ is true and we've repented of our sins and we've come to him by faith and God has justified us. And the number one thing that we get through that justification is the fact that we have no more war with God. There is peace there. Now, Two things kind of happen, you know, when we're disobeying the Lord in this war, you know, before we're justified and, and, and there's no peace. What's happening is, is this. When we disobey God because we're at enmity with Him, number one, when we sin, breaking His law, do you know what we're actually doing? We're assuming the right or authority to do so. And we are saying to God that you have no claim of kingship over my life. Now what happens when two kings want to have the same territory? There is war. What do you think that, what do you think life is really? What do you think the world does? What do you think you and I did before we were justified and we surrendered and yielded to the Lord? You know what? We were claiming kingship over our life. And we were saying that God has no right. You are not the rightful king. I am the rightful king. We have war. That's what happened when we were disobeying God. See, when two parties claim kingship over the same things, there is war. When we were justified, what happened? We came to faith in Christ. 
We believed God. What did we do? We, in essence, took the crown that we were trying to wear off our head and we laid it at the feet of God and we said, you are now the rightful king. You've always been the rightful king and I yield my life to you and I surrender to you and there's peace. Isn't that a wonderful thing? That we no longer are at war with God? You know what else our disobedience did or, or you know what our disobedience means? It means this. You look at the world, they're living their life just the way we used to, our way. We were the king of our life, we were the queen of our life. We were saying that you have no rightful uh, rule over me, and we were fighting God and all that we did in our life. When we were justified, that ended. But you know what else this problem is? It's not just that there's war. We have a, God has a problem with us. It is not just that we are hostile to him. God's wrath is over us because we are at war with God. You remember what the Bible said in Romans 1.18? For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness righteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness so you know what Paul's saying Paul's saying listen dearly beloved when you came to faith in God and believed him the first thing the reality of your justification is this that the war is over the wrath of God is no longer against you you are no longer in hostilities towards the king the rightful king and he is no longer at wrath against you you have peace eternal that cannot be taken away this is a position that you and I have with God it's not like the peace of God where that in it let's just face it that peace of God sometimes fluctuates doesn't it and a lot of times it has to do with our walk with the Lord but the peace with God that's done and dusted and cannot change it is a position that we have the war is over. So what's, number, what's the second thing Paul tells us that we have because we are now justified by faith? Before we go to number two, let me just give you one last verse about, about this piece. Romans 5, 9 in our text, it says, much more than because we have now been declared righteous, we've been justified by his blood, we will be saved through him from God's wrath. That's peace. So number two, what, what do we have? Look at verse two. And it, it'll, in the very first part, first half of verse two, it says, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. Now, I'm not sure about you, but that little term often threw me for a loop. I didn't quite understand what he meant by now that we're justified, this ju being justified brings us access, because it came through faith, into this grace wherein we stand. And what does that mean? It, let me read the verse again. Through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand. It means this. Because of our faith, 
believing God, Christ has brought us into this place of undeserved privilege. That's what he means by this word grace here in this verse. This undeserved favor, this undeserved privilege where we now stand in because of our faith in God through Jesus Christ. Justification is not merely the removal of the negative. It is not merely the removal of the war in the bringing in of peace, but it has a, a, an extremely amazing aspect to it. Say if, say if uh, uh, Stephen and I were enemies. Every time we saw each other, we would disdain one another. We'd give each other that look. We'd think of ways how to harm one another, how to, how to get the other's land, whatever. But if something happened and, and we had that truce and we had peace in, in, in the, between the two of us, what now would it be open for? Once there was war, but say we had some kids, which often happened in kingdoms. At least this is the purpose, what they tried to do. Had some kids. He had a daughter. I had a son. And we wanted to try to bring peace into our kingdoms. So we wed our son and daughter. And that would, and that would bring the two kingdoms together. At least in, in thinking. So now what would that do for him and I? It would bring the opportunity for us to have a relationship. That's exactly what Paul is saying. Because of Jesus Christ, us having faith in God about all his plan there, we have access by faith to this great privilege, grace, this favor that we stand in. And what he's really talking about is he's talking about that we now have a relationship with God. It's not that we're just at peace it's just not that our two kingdoms are no longer warring each other. It's not that I'm, I'm no longer simply fighting against God and God has just stopped having wrath on me. It's, it is now that we actually have a relationship together because of being justified. This means we have friendship with God. Isn't that a cool thing? We actually went from warring to being friends with one another. Let me read you some scripture. Here's what Jesus called his disciples. I think it's very applicable to this relationship that we have due to justification. In John 15, 15, the Lord said, No longer do I call you servants. For a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my father... I have made known to you. Do you see what justification brings? Justification brings peace. And it then brings this access to having a relationship with God that we could not have before we were justified. It's friendship. It's a relationship that only can be attained through justification. Listen. The world, or we, before we were saved, we were not friends with God. We were at war and against God. But now that we are justified, he says this, we have access into this great privilege wherein we stand. 
That access is relationship. I don't, I don't know what y'all did this morning. Probably most of you did the same thing that I did. I got up this morning as I do every morning, and I spend the first hour at least of my day doing nothing but spending time with Christ. That's all I do. It's what you do. Whether you do it in the morning or in the afternoon or, or wherever you do it, but you spend time with the Lord. Listen, I, I like hanging with Lisa. I like spending time with her. You know, she turned 50 on Friday. I still think she looks 18. I don't see any difference. But I spent, spent you know what we did Thursday? I told my kids, you need to work your work schedule where one of you old people are in my house from 3 o'clock Thursday afternoon to at least... 1 o'clock on Friday afternoon. So Stephen had off on Thursday. Emily had off on Friday so that I could take her out. And we left as early as we could. We went down to Piccadilly and walked around a little bit and, and went and found uh, uh, Byron Burger to have dinner and then put our junk into the hotel room. And then I put Her Majesty's Theater in my sat-nav. And we literally walked all over Piccadilly Circus and up to West End and back around and couldn't find this joint. Satnav said, you have arrived at your destination and it was not where it's supposed to be. Couldn't find it. And, and so I started asking people. And so I, about the fourth person I asked, because the first three people had no idea what they told me. It was rubbish. And uh, so I saw a taxi driver. I thought, oh, he'll know. And he was just pulled off the side of the road. And I, I went up to his window and went, and he about jumped through the taxi. I scared him to death because I guess he wasn't expecting. And he rolls his window down. And he sees I have my phone. And he goes, you want to know how to get somewhere, don't you? I said, yeah. <laughs> I said, Her Majesty's Theater. Theater. And he said, left, right, you're there. I said, okay. That, honestly, that's how he talked. So we took the left, took the right. And that, right before we took the right, Lisa goes, what? We're right back in our hotel. We're, we were, we're right where we had dinner. We're right where we started from. Guess where Her Majesty's Theater was? Literally 300 feet, 300 feet in front of our hotel. And I missed it. You know? You know what? I didn't care. Do you know why? Because I was hanging with my friend. So we have a relationship. And you know what we do in that relationship? We talk. Now, it isn't always perfect. Sometimes, you know, I was going to say something like, you know, she messes up and, and gets mad or something. But it's usually probably me who messes up. But we have a friendship and a relationship, and that relationship is based on what's happened between the two of us. Now, this is what Paul is saying. Because of justification, you have a friend. And you know what I want to do with my friend? I want to talk to her. I want to spend time with her. I want to do things for her. Same thing in our relationship and friendship with the Lord. I want to spend time with him, don't you? You, wanna, you want to communicate with him through his word into your heart and through your prayers to him. And there's that communication. And you know what? You want to do for him. Just like you want to do for the person you love. You want to do for him because you love him. He is your friend. You have a relationship with him. Paul says that all comes because of justification. And then I'll close with this. What's the third reality? Man, I'm not at war with God, number one. Number two... My enemy has now become my friend. And thirdly, the Bible says in the latter part of verse 2, it says, essentially, because of us being justified, 
we now rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Let me read you a quote about this. Peace with God takes care of the past. He will no longer hold our sins against us. War is over. Access to God by the grace wherein we stand, that relationship with God, that friendship with God takes care of the present. How do you say? Well, we can come to him at any time for anything for any reason. Because of being justified, we have that relationship with him. Now, because of being justified, we have the hope of glory. That takes care of the future. So justification essentially takes care of the past, present, and future in our life. One day, we will share in His glory. One day, we will be in His presence. One day, we will see Him face to face. One day, we will be eye to eye with the living God. We will be worshiping Him with the four and twenty el- the twenty-four elders. We will be worshiping with the kingdom of the host of of heaven. Man, we will be crying out, "Holy!" TV's fixing to go off. Holy, holy, holy! That's what's going to happen. And you know why? It's because we were justified. See, the reality of our justification is there's no war. We now have friendship with God and. We have the hope of a future eternally with our living God. See, the more we experience our peace and access with the Father, the more desirous we are to see Him face to face. And the more certain and thrilled we become about the prospect of the glory of heaven. Listen, I've heard sermons about what heaven's going to be like and you got streets of this and pearls of that and all this. I can't really fathom what heaven is going to be like. No more tears, no more sorrow. That's all great. But man, God's going to be there. Jesus is going to be there. You know, oftentimes people say when someone passes away, oh, heaven gets sweeter and sweeter every day. I personally, I don't get it. I don't understand it that way. Because I can't imagine how heaven could become more desirous than it is now because our, our friend is there. The one who justified us is there. And the Bible says that the reality of our justification, the third part is this, that we have heaven as our home. That we will be in glory with Him one day. To be with Jesus. To see Him eye to eye, face to face. That desire, that focus, and that joyous certainty of the future Do you know what that's called? The hope of glory. And that comes from being justified. So, justification does these three things. It just doesn't get us into heaven. It just doesn't take care of our sins. But it stopped the war. It brought us into relationship with Father and Son. And it gives us that hope of that future that hope of being with him and not a hope that a hope it happens but of certainty so you know how we live today we can live because we are at peace with God we have a relationship with God 
and we are looking forward to being with God for eternity. Amen? Amen. Let's pray.